Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. All right, we got first episode of WAC um, Hoops All Access. Excited about it. We got our guy. If you haven't seen our first interview, I'm going to let him tell the same story again <laughs> on how this whole thing got started with WAC Hoops Digest, and then we're going to dive into the WAC. So obviously, you for those that don't know, you were a grad from a school within the league, Utah Valley, who won a championship this last year, co-championship, and then you were writing for – just them kind of doing some articles. You started seeing other schools, fans tuning in and giving giving uh, <clears throat> attention to your site. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, nobody's covering the whack. There's good hoops. Let me do this thing. And then you blew it up. And however many thousands of Twitter followers later, and the coaches are loving it, fans are loving it. People know they get to follow uh, both men's and women's with your. Uh, all that you're doing. So I kind of summed it up. Tell me anything I left out. No, no, you, that was spot on. I mean, I, I started that fan website for Utah Valley cause they get buried in the local media here. Um, it does, you know, and if they win a championship, okay. Yeah. It's kind of on the news, but it's still right. buried behind Utah state, Utah, BYU. And so I uh, wanted to give all their athletic teams some, you know, some attention. And, right. uh, you know, I went to class with a bunch of student athletes and they loved what I was doing for them. And right. I mean, Matt Gay was in one of my media ethics class. He's the kicker for the L.A. Rams. He's going to the Pro Bowl this year. So, like, it was it was awesome. And then I started doing these power rankings articles for teams around the WAC and basketball. And that's when it took off, you know, because I was getting so much traffic from other schools and so much input from people from other schools. And, you know, it's been, it's been a huge blessing. And I mean, we just had Chris Mudge on who said he appreciates all that we're doing. And yeah. it, it, that's what I get when I talk to these coaches, when I talk to these, like I play, you know, voices. And when I talk to other people around the conference and 
it, it's awesome, Brian. It, it really is. And, you know, it, it keeps me talking about sports, keeps me talking about hoops. And, you know, that's what we want to do, right? No doubt. No doubt. It's a good life. And now people get to see your face more because you're on this thing. And I'm, you, I'm trying to lose weight, people. So, you know, don't great. get used to this side. And Looking but, uh, great. Yeah. Your haircut's uh, looking great. We got the Cubs in the background, if you didn't know. And I appreciate, we appreciate all access, you being willing to partner to do this because, <clears throat> again, this is a conference that needs uh, some more attention. So we're going to talk about the overall conference outlook. Let's look at some of the standings. If we just had to go through to this point, uh, the two teams that are traditionally powers in the WAC, uh, New Mexico and Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon made the huge leap last year, finally got the monkey off their back, got in the tournament. Uh, they are 12-2 and 2 and 2-0 and in conference. New Mexico State is back at the top of the conference, took a year with COVID. They had a crazy year to just not be able to live in their own state, and you you name it. So they're back 13-2, and 2-0. and 0. Uh, Seattle has jumped and had a great start to their uh, season. We'll talk about them. 10-4, and 4, they're 1-0 in conference. Tarleton, 8-9, 3-1 uh, and 1 in conference already. They've already played four conference games. We just met with Coach uh, associate coach Chris Mudge, uh, they're eight and nine, but also three and one in the league. So that's already getting started. And then you have two 11 and four teams. Uh, after that, Utah Valley, Abilene Christian, uh, both have two conference wins already. Abilene Christian, two and two. Uh, Stephen of Austin, traditionally a power in the Southland, along with Abilene Christian, that made the move. Uh, they're nine and five. Uh, Chicago State started the year two and oh. Uh, we just gave them recognition on our uh, all-access with Coast to Coast with Kevin Sweeney as one of the HBCU teams of the week. Uh, they got a conference win, which they hadn't done in years. So Four Brian, years, got, Brian. Four years. Four years had not had a conference win. So huge uh, job that they're doing there. Cal Baptist arguably has a potential NBA player and the best freshman, one of the best freshmen in the country uh, in Armstrong. They're 10-4, and four, although they've lost that one game to Chicago State already. Uh, Lamar has a dark great weekend for the Lancers. Let's just put it that way. It was what a you dark say? weekend. What did you say, Kyle? I said it was just a dark weekend for the Lancers after that yeah. loss on Saturday. Oh, it can happen to the best of That's what you love about competitive conference play. Uh, Dixie State, 7-9, and 0-3 to start out. Rio Grande Valley, new coach. Um, they are 5-10 and 10 and 0-3 and so far in the league, and they've had some injuries. And then Lamar. Uh, two and 12. They've had some injuries all year long, but we know Coach Brooks is going to do a terrific job. So that gives you the standing updates. But uh, the top of this league looks strong. The middle looks strong. I mean, the bottom is still competitive teams with great coaches. Uh, this is a loaded season. When 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 Chicago State gets a win that nobody thought they were going to get already and they haven't won in four years, I think that tells you about uh, how strong this league is. So Talk a little bit about the outlook you feel like on this conference and uh, what you've seen so far from the WAC. Uh, so much parity. Like, I love the parity. I mean, I know we got Mexico State and Grand Canyon at the top, and technically they're 3-0 in WAC player because their games against both teams had uh, their games against Lamar canceled, and Lamar took a forfeit there for WAC seeding purposes. Um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of the cream of the crop. They haven't dominated like maybe in past years thus far. Um, New Mexico State's won ugly, and they have some of the best wins in the conference. 
Grand Canyon beat San Francisco by a point, knocked you know knocked them from the ranks of the undefeated. Uh, in Phoenix, Utah Valley, you know you see them in the middle of the standings right now, which is kind of misleading because they've been one of the best teams in the conference this year. They have the win over ranked opponent in BYU, the win the road win at Washington. Um, Abilene Christian, they go they win eleven straight, and one of those wins was at Utah Valley. You know. To open whack play like it's it's so, there's so much parody. We saw Tarleton with the toughest non-conference schedule in America in November. They're three and one in whack play. I mean, it's just so much parody. Chicago State's better. They have five Division One wins this year, Brian. Like that's more than a couple of teams in the whack. Um, we, we talked about Lamar. They're two and twelve. They haven't been healthy at all this year. UTRGV who just lost tonight to Stephen F. Austin, 86-75. They haven't been healthy either. They don't have any big men. Jeff O'Cherry, Dante Houston Jr., they're both out. So they're playing with all guards. Um, it's just a bunch of – a lot of parity throughout this conference, and every night's going to be a battle. We've seen that in the first two weeks of conference play. I mean, it's just going to be a fun, fun league, and anybody can win on any given night, as we saw on Saturday with Chicago State beating California Baptist. Yep. Sam Houston going into Abilene Christian and winning on a game-winning bucket there. I mean, Tarleton beating up SFA in overtime. I mean, it's just so much fun. Yep. And uh, it's getting noticed, too. Like, Heat check, they've noticed it, and other people around the country are noticing this is good basketball, and yep. it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to continuing to dive into it. Let's talk about if the, if you had to say now, uh, and we had to just kind of go tiers, um, what do you feel like is that top-tier group, even if their standings doesn't show it yet? And then what do you feel like is the middle? And if you had to say what's kind of that lower-tier that you know either could come up, could not, but we know it's competitive no matter what. But if you had to break it up now, what would you say? Well, so I I have New Mexico State, Grand Canyon, Utah Valley in that top tier. They're all in the top 100 of the net, so that's that's important right there. I mean, technically, when Abilene Christian beat Utah Valley in Orem, that was a quad one win at the time um, before Utah Valley dropped out of the top 75, but. That's huge for this conference because you don't see that year in and year out. The middle right now to me is the most competitive. Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian, Tarleton is right there. And I'm going to put California Baptist there. I think that loss to Chicago State on Saturday is not – it wasn't the Lancers that we know and who they're going to be. Um, and then the bottom tier, you know, Lamar – UT Rio Grande Valley, Dixie State, Chicago State's there. It's it's just so it's not like top heavy and bottom heavy anymore. It, it's like a mix of everybody, and, and it and it makes it more interesting because teams aren't fully healthy yet. So if we get into February and teams get fully healthy, what are we going to see? Um, but that's where my tears are for right now. You know, in the whack is you know Mexico State, Grand Canyon, Utah Valley. The middle tier is the Texas four minus Lamar, you know, but plus Tarleton and California Baptist. And then, you know, you got the bottom tier. So, uh, and Seattle's in that middle tier right now too. 
but I'm really high on the Red Hawks. I've been all season long. I'm interested to see how they face off with Utah Valley tomorrow night in, in Seattle. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a fun league, Brian. Yeah. And it, it already is a fun league. And I've been saying it all year long. Um, and I, I want to see teams get healthy. Lamar hasn't been healthy. UTRGV right. hasn't been healthy. Right. Um, so who knows what could happen in February and March, especially considering 10 teams are going to Vegas. So can Dixie State and Tarleton aren't eligible. So 11 teams are vying for 10 spots in the conference tournament. So that's got to be weighing on the minds of some teams as well. Yeah, I think just one thing of note, like one, two, three, four, five, six teams already have 10 wins or more in the league as far as 10 teams, or excuse me, six teams, and then you have two more with eight, and then you have another one with nine and Stephen F. Austin. So that just shows the quality of play in the league, too, that you already have teams that are approaching, uh, that are at that 10, 12, 13. You get teams approaching 20 wins already. Uh, that says a lot about this league. So Conference overall outlook. Uh, I love it. Uh, let's talk. I think we're going players next. Let me see. Let me see what I got here. Let me make. Let me make sure. I don't even mind. Since this is the first show, I don't even mind one bit. Um, what is the player? Let's go player recognition. I'm gonna pick two. I'm gonna let you pick two. Just overall players uh, in this league. So I'm gonna go a little bit more returners for the first one. I'm gonna go first. You're way better at this than I am, so I'm going to cheat. Um, <laughs> one guy that I've coached against, uh, he's another Texas guy. You'll get tired of it like everybody I do these shows with. I'm always shouting out my Texas guy. So, Jabari okay. Rice, I got to give love to. Uh, he's kind of the heart and soul of this New Mexico State team that's leading the way right now. Uh, I know they have more talented players. Uh, he is not the leading scorer, but he is – he does so much for this team. <clears throat> Obviously, Teddy Allen's probably their uh, go-to guy overall. But Jabari Rice, defensively, offensively, he's made a game winner. I want to say UTEP, uh, more or less, they played him twice. I want to say he may have had the game-closing shot both times. But definitely at UTEP he did. Uh, he's made big plays, um, playing more of a point guard role for them. Uh, he's kind of played a little bit of everything over his time. But Someone who's been there, knows the culture as much as anybody. He was there all the way from his prop year coming in. Uh, love Jabari Rice's competitiveness. I think he kind of represents like a little bit of that nasty and that dog that is what makes their um, th their program kind of what it is. So I'll start with him. Um, and then the big fella at Utah Valley, I don't know how you can't love this player. Uh, if you know anything about college basketball, tested the waters, came back. I mean, they talk about the best recruit they've ever gotten at Utah Valley. Not the first time they signed him, but the second time when he decided to come back, uh, he's added some threes to his game. Um, obviously, was already an elite level rebounder, one of the best in the country. And I just think with him playing, kind of having this inside-out game now, and he's continued to mature and take turn the corner, I think Utah Valley has to be in that conversation, like you said, to be in the top tier because – there's not a better player in the league. There may be a few that are as good, but there's not a better player in the league than him. Well, and, you know, to, to piggyback off that, the guy faces double and triple teams every night. No, you know, I mean, no. he he's averaging almost 20 points a game, which is seven points more than what he did last year. And, yeah, the rebounds are down a little bit, but it's still at almost 14 a game. So 
like you said, it, it, with the target on his back, he's still doing it. I mean, he had right. 24 and 22 against BYU. In a in a win. Yeah. In a win. And here's the here's the funny part, Brian. He had 15 and 15 at Washington when they beat the Huskies. People considered that a quiet night. Like, who considers that kind of double double a quiet night? Like, that's the only, just the only, how... person, the only person that gets that kind of thing is LeBron. He's not LeBron, but LeBron may have these crazy numbers, and people are like, ah, yeah, like, good like, for an average wild. person. <laughs> uh, Fardos, that's how you say his name, correct? I don't know if Fardos Amac. Yep, just want to make sure we got that correct. So, shout outs to him, shout outs to Jabari Rice. Those are my two returners to the league. I wanted to give shout outs to, and now I'll pass it to you. That was, I like the Jabari Rice one. That guy's been loyal to that New Mexico State program. Yeah, I, that's, especially in the age of the portal and everything else. Right. Like I, that, he's a fun, fun player to watch and the intensity that guy brings. So I'm, you know, I, there's so many guys I can mention here. One of my favorites is Javon Blackshear Jr. down at Grand Canyon. He's been loyal to that program. Like he came in with Dan Marley. Bryce Drew was able to keep him down there. I mean, he's a he's an Arizona guy anyways. Yep. So he's taking on more of a scoring role this year. Um, he leads the team in scoring, which with everything else he does well, defends, you know, passes the ball. It's just been impressive. He was actually one of my thoughts for preseason whack player of the year um, because he's going to have to do so much more with all that they lost last year, and he's he's handled it just fine. Um, and along with, you know, his teammate Holland Woods, they make up one of the best duos, you know, guard duos in the con- in the conference. So that's one of my guys I'm going to mention. I, I really like his game. Um, he can take you off the dribble. He he the he's got sticky hands. He his hands find the ball on defense, and I really really enjoy watching him play. Um, the other one is it, it's another guard, Darian Tremel from Seattle. I I saw this guy in person last year when Utah Valley went up to Seattle to play. Um, in a game the Wolverines won, I was I was blown away at his quickness, but also his ability to get to the rim, as small as he is. Like he's the smallest guy on the floor, but he plays like a giant, and he's not afraid of contact. He can hit the three from deep. He he defends well. I mean, I watched him against Chicago State last week, and just how quickly he got steals but how quickly he was able to pull up and hit a, a three or hit a jumper. Um, I love what Darian Trammell does for Seattle. And amidst all their, I, I guess, the issue that they faced a couple days before their season started this year, you know, it was just great to see him stay there. And he thought about leaving. I think he put his name in the transfer portal for a little bit um, after last season when he was an all-whack first-team selection. When he came back to Seattle. So guys that are loyal to their programs and staying in the age of this transfer portal, I love these little guards who play like giants. And right. like they're the they, I guarantee these guys are the focus points of these defensive game plans. Oh, no doubt. And yet they're still putting up monster numbers. And that's what's most impressive to me is that they have the target on their backs, but yet they continue to produce at a high level consistently. Put out. Yeah, I love the returners. I love the loyalty. Um, let's talk about some newcomers. I'm going to go first again. Cheat codes. We did have Coach Mudge on. Uh, again, another Texas guy. 
Uh, we have a lot of Texas teams in the WAC, so it's easier for me to give <laughs> shout-outs to Texas guys. But uh, Savion Flag uh, saw this young man come up all the way back in the day, uh, was recruiting him a little bit at Lamar before he blew up and took the next step. Right. But he's been on campus, and just what a great person, first of all. Love recruiting him. I'll have a chance to get to know him a little bit, but had a good career at AM. Maybe didn't go the way he wanted. Started out uh, well and then kind of just took his turn as things took his turn for the program and makes a change. He wanted to have a bigger role and he is leading the whack and scoring. I believe you said, uh, mentioned earlier, uh, but he's a versatile guy. He's a guy who rebounds the ball well. He does have capability to pass. Uh, he's skilled. He can score inside, he can score outside. Uh, he gives Sam Houston a chance to be uh, three and one now and continue to be competitive against anybody because he's a first level, first team all conference level talent, which gives you a chance in games. Uh, the question for Sam Houston is probably going to be who consistently steps up alongside of him. I think they're figuring that thing, those things out. But regardless, Savion Flags, a guy who um, at this point is arguably the newcomer of the year if not the newcomer of the year, arguably a first-team all-conference guy. So just it's cool to see guys go from a higher level, come down, and and get what they wanted out of it, which is opportunity, and he's producing with it. Well, and like Chris Mudge mentioned, he doesn't have that attitude of I'm just going to do my thing. Like he's bought into what they want to do as a team, and that's huge because you don't want those guys coming in and saying, well, I played here, so I'm just going to do my thing. And So that's – I agree with you. Great, great teammate, great player. And he's always been a winner to jump in on you. He's always been a winner to his credit. He's always been a guy, even in the grassroots circuit and coming up. He's just always been a top shelf type of young man. So I'm excited for him. All those guys want to play at the highest level and play pro. and uh, But he's doing it through winning and not just trying to chase numbers, which that's the part I think Coach Mudge alluded to and you did. So, okay, I pass it to you now. Who's your uh, newcomer? Well, I'm going to – I'm gonna. Piggyback a little bit, another power five transfer. Teddy Allen, New Mexico State. Great choice. I mean, average double figures at Nebraska. He's been at multiple schools. People kind of, you know, I'm trying to say this as nicely as possible, kind of give him the bad boy image, right? And at New Mexico State, it's almost like Chris Jans has transformed him. Chris Jans and his staff have transformed him into a complete player like he's he's averaging 17 and a half points per game that's third best in the whack but he's also averaging seven rebounds almost three assists per game the guy does everything he's getting on the floor he's battling for rebounds he's being physical he's defending i don't think people realize that teddy allen's more than just a score like he can he's a he's an all-around player and Chris Jans is getting the most out of this guy. I know Chris Jans recruited him for a long, long time. They finally got him to Las Cruces. And Teddy Allen is just an all-around player. And it's been very impressive. And I, I like what I see from this Nebraska transfer because, I, I don't know, it's made the Aggies much better. Um, I know that people have talked about him comparing him to Zach Lofton. Zach was just a score you know and he could defend a little bit but teddy allen just bought into what new mexico state has been doing they want to do and that's why they're 13 and 2 right now so um i I love teddy allen's game not just offensively but all around all over the floor 
And people need to take notice of that because he's going to be an all-wax selection at the end of the year. I, I, I believe that he may be even player of the year at the end of the year because of everything that he's doing, not just one specific thing, which people were so focused on when he came to Las Cruces to play for the Aggies. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think he's one of the best players in his conference. He's playing at a at an MVP level. I think if it stops today, he probably is the MVP of the conference right now. He's absolutely uh, he's doing it all, and you love to see. Uh, and Jans has some. We'll, we'll talk to James Miller later, um, which I don't know if you knew that or not, but surprise, we're talking to James Miller later. And um, yeah, they have a magic formula and way of getting that stuff out of guys. That's like. Yeah, I, I look forward to asking about that because I'm sure there's some secret <laughs> sauce he can't share. But uh, even in just being in the same city as them almost at UTEP and competing against them, uh, they just have a way. And Coach Jan just has a way in their staff. So uh, shout out to them. So then we go freshman. I'm going first again. The obvious choice. He should be freshman of the year. Uh, <clears throat> this young man is definitely taking uh, the college basketball world that has paid attention to him uh, by storm. And I want to say at the game against uh, uh, Chicago State that they had multiple NBA scouts there to see him. Uh, he is number one in the country in assist rate. That alone makes this young man so good. Six-five uh, freshman Taryn Armstrong from Cal Baptist. Uh, I think that pretty much says it all. Number one in the assist rate in the country. Uh, his ability to play and pick and roll. His ability with his size. Uh, can score well enough, uh, kind of a crafty guy on that, uh, has a little bit of a old-school Jason Kidd game, if you will, a uh, bigger guard who can rebound and push a break, uh, can score to keep you honest but not looking to score, but just kind of has an old-school game. And, man, is he so good at uh, making plays for his teammates and creating. Uh, I'm excited to continue to watch this young man play, especially against – conference-level opponents. We've seen what he's done in non-conference. Maybe they're not as familiar. Maybe they don't know the coaching staffs as well and the venues, but you get in conference play and you get to kind of see how people, uh, similar to what you were talking about about Sam Houston, you go against enough of these tough opponents, you get to see, okay, where does this guy really stack up? So love his game. Got a chance to see him play against Northern Colorado, kind of watching the team that I do some broadcasting for. And got to see him, and I'm like, who is this kid? And they won the game, and largely because of his continual of making plays, and I just continued to be like, man, who is this kid? And then the more I took a step back and kind of followed, uh, it wasn't a fluke game. It wasn't just him playing in that particular matchup. Uh, this dude can really play. Yeah, I, Doc Wellman, who's their director of ops, was telling me that I need to, like, get on this – get this kid on my radar in the offseason because – He's just so good and so talented. And, you know, it was unfortunate that Chicago State game, he didn't play the entire second half. He was sick. Um, and I'm hoping he feels better enough, you know, to play Saturday against Utah Valley because I'm going down to Riverside nice. for that game. And I that, that was a big reason. I want to see him in person. Right. So I'm hoping he's able to play. Um, I don't know that he's going to be playing tomorrow night against Dixie State. But, yeah, I like that Taryn Armstrong pick. I'm going to go a little off the radar because he's a little off the radar as a freshman. Yeah, please. Justin Johnson from UTRGV. Okay. Uh, quietly for the Vicaros is averaging 17.1 points per game. Wow. That's fourth in the whack. Wow. Okay. Like I, like I said, quietly off the radar that nobody's paying attention to. Right. Okay. And, and let's, 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 
make this very clear. That's probably because UTRGV has struggled this season. Yeah. Hasn't won a lot of games. But due to injuries, he's been thrust into like a starting role, a scoring role that they rely on. Um, tonight against Stephen F. Austin, he had 29 points. Mm. Not 20, 29, excuse me, 20 points, team high 20 points. So this this freshman is shooting 50% from the field and almost 40% from three. Like quietly that's doing that's his right thing. I mean, yeah, and he pulled down. He pulls down five point seven rebounds and two point seven. You know, dishes out two point seven assists. So, like, all the talk is about Taron Armstrong. There's another yeah. freshman. Just kind of, if they get a big win or like they get a win and whack play that he has a big night, people might start talking about Justin Johnson from UTRGV. So. Yeah, and they will now because you brought it to their attention, uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, but, yeah, sometimes when you play on a team that maybe hasn't quite got the wins that they're setting out for, it just gives you opportunity to play more. It gives you opportunity to play through mistakes. It gives you opportunity to kind of grow into being um, maybe a man sooner in college basketball, a man amongst men, instead of kind of being that, you know, in that boy realm where you're just kind of growing and it happens gradually. Uh, and no knock to anybody on that whole comparison, but that's the the thought process. You're right. a grown man in this league, so for you to put up those kind of numbers, uh, those are grown man numbers. The efficiency of it, he's not volume, just from you reading that. Uh, so that's impressive from UTRGV. Yeah. Um, well, we're almost done. We're not quite done. Let's talk about some matchups that are upcoming. Uh, I will let you take the full lead uh, on this one. Uh, upcoming games. In the whack, I know uh, it's a big week for Sam Houston State. I think they go to Stephen F. They play Stephen F., um, Grand Canyon, and New Mexico State, all kind of upcoming. What are some of the other games that you see on the slate? Uh, which every week there's going to be these, but what's some of the ones that kind of jump out to you now? So big one is Wednesday night, Seattle or Utah Valley at Seattle. Um, I mean, last year's game <laughs> – Went to overtime. Trey Woodbury hit a three-pointer at the with about 1.5 seconds left uh, to give the Wolverines a 93-92 win uh, at the Red Hawk Center. It's intriguing because we know we've talked about Utah Valley being at the top, in that top tier, and Seattle's kind of right there. We don't know a lot about the Red Hawks from their non-conference slate. Um, and, and so this is a – I think it's a bigger game for Seattle – to make a statement that, hey, we belong in this top tier. We belong in consideration. And, uh, I mentioned, you know, I've been high on the Red Hawks before the season even began because of all they had coming back. But Utah Valley, you know, they've done what they're supposed to do. They've won games. And, and it'll be an interesting matchup tomorrow night, Climate Pledge Arena. Um, the other ones this week are Abilene Christian uh, at Grand Canyon on Thursday. Tarleton at New Mexico State on Thursday, and then they, you know, flip for on Saturday. You know, Tarleton's three and one in conference play, and they just beat Stephen F. Austin. They just beat Sam Houston, so this is an intriguing road trip for the Texans. Adeline Christian trying to get back in the in the in the thick of things, but these are going to be the first. I, I feel like first real tests for Grand Canyon and for New Mexico State. Um, so those are those are intriguing matchups this weekend. And the Tarleton at Grand Canyon game on Saturday 
is on national television on ESPNU. So that's an even bigger game right there. And then, like you said, next week, uh, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this next week as we get going with this all-access whack hoops, um, is when Sam Houston plays, you know, Sam Houston and uh, uh, SFA, That those are when those two teams face off against Grand Canyon and Mexico State next week. So a lot of big games there. Um, and then California Baptist, Utah Valley on Saturday, that should be another intriguing matchup at right. the CBU event center. So it, you can't just pick one, you know, or two. It's like a bunch of them are all going to be no so important because here's the other thing, Brian, it is so important to get the one and two seeds for the WAC tournament because those two seeds, mm. it buys to the semifinal games. Yes. Talk Whereas about if you finish in the top in the bottom four of that 10 teams that go to the WAC tournament, you have to win four games in five days to play to go to the NCAA tournament. So it's it's make it makes conference play that much more intriguing. If you had to pick one game, if there was a game of the week, and it probably will do in the future. <laughs> excuse me, we'll do games of the week, and we'll try to pick maybe three. But what if you had to pick one? What's the game of the week if you had to pick one? Ooh, you're putting me on the spot here. It's good for you. It's good for you. Saturday, uh, Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin in Huntsville, Battle of Piney Woods kind of rivalry that those two teams have Big going. rivalry there. Huge rivalry. So that's my game of the week is the Sam Houston um, or Stephen F. Austin at Sam Houston. I like it. Uh, and, and it's just that traditional rivalry that, uh, you know, we don't, see very often yeah i'm gonna go with uh i don't know about game of the week but we'll say the 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 one b game of the week i like that matchup with uh seattle and utah valley um i think it gives for seattle it gives you a chance to prove if you're in that top tier right now you're sitting there in the standings um let's see if you really are it's kind of one of those early tests to say can you can you prove that similar to what we just saw texas tech just do they just beat um, Kansas, who's number who was number six when they beat them. Then they just beat Baylor tonight. So yep. uh, you get a chance to see teams prove like where do you really stack up. So for Seattle, that's a game for that. And then for Utah Valley, it's kind of one of those you get to prove like, hey, we're still at the top of the league. There's levels to this. This is where you are. This is where we are. We'll see you next time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one. Um, like man, it. this is uh, episode one. I feel like we could keep going. The good <laughs> thing is we'll be back next week. So uh, we'll try to add some new dimensions uh, to this. We may even get out some awards. We're getting ready for that. But we wanted to give some recognitions this time and just talk about the league overall. And none better than to cover it than yourself. So where can people find the intel for Wack Hoops Digest? And then uh, after that, we will be back next week so just follow us on twitter at whack hoops digest and then check out the website whack digest.com and if you want uh go to the podbean app and you can check out straight out of whack podcast as we have daily podcast episodes uh throughout the regular season here at conference play um and you know give us a follow on social media it's good stuff and yeah i mean that's where i met brian so Yep. Yeah, let's let's get it done.
Absolutely. No, no better place to find the intel on the WAC uh, and look forward to seeing us week in and week out covering it top to bottom. Kyle, phenomenal first episode, man. You're so good at this. This is easy. Now people get to see your face, not just you typing behind some Twitter fingers or an article. Now they get to know how cool you really are. Uh, even if they're not a Cubs fan, they get to know how cool you are. So yeah, one more guest before it's all said and done, and then we will all uh, see you. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.